Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. A rebrand, the government prepares to drop its stay-at-home message. One of the most successful aspects of the government's much-criticised response to coronavirus has been their slogan. Unfortunately, that slogan's almost been too successful. Why the pandemic could leave one million young Britons out of work. For those school and university leavers without a job and somebody to furlough them, the dole queue beckons. And how the world's press is covering the UK's response to the crisis. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The UK's missed its testing target of distributing 100,000 tests a day for the fourth day running. Just under 70,000 tests were provided in the 24 hours to Wednesday, the lowest number in a week. It means the target's only been reached twice. It comes as the UK became the first European country to report over 30,000 deaths with the virus, a daily increase of 649. On Wednesday, the Prime Minister was challenged by Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer about why the the government had repeatedly missed its testing target in recent days. Boris Johnson conceded that not all available tests were being used. Yes, he's right that capacity uh, currently exceeds demand. We're working on that. We're running at about 100,000 uh, a day. But the ambition clearly is to get up to 200,000 a day by uh, the end of this month and then to go even higher. And as he knows and the whole, whole house will know, uh, testing a, 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 a fantastic testing regime is going to be absolutely critical to our long term uh, economic recovery. That long-term economic recovery will no doubt be on the Prime Minister's mind as he prepares to set out a roadmap for how the UK will move out of the lockdown on Sunday, with measures being eased as early as Monday. Housing Secretary Robert Jenrick today underlined the UK government's wish for the whole of the country to ease out of the lockdown at the same time. Alongside the shift in focus, the government's preparing to drop its stay-at-home slogan. In an email leaked to the Daily Mail, Public Health England told councils to prepare to remove the mantra from their websites. The Telegraph's associate editor, Camilla Tomini, says the slogan has done its job and more. Arguably one of the most successful aspects of the government's much-criticised response to coronavirus has been their slogan, stay at home, 
protect the NHS and save lives. Unfortunately, that slogan's almost been too successful. There's been increasing concern, number 10, that people have been over-interpreting the guidance and staying home a little too much. That's been evidenced, for instance, in parents keeping their children at home and not putting them in school. The Department of Education had expected around 20% of pupils to remain in class if their parents had key worker status, but instead actually only 2% or less have remained in class. Equally, I was speaking to a minister earlier who said that there were a number of different sectors, such as car manufacturing and uh, textiles and other factory-based work where employees were expected to stay and carry on working, but in fact they haven't. So I think what we're going to see on Sunday is a change in tack and it's going to be not telling people to stay at home, but more to stay safe. And there may even be a slogan alongside, if you go outdoors, take care. Um, There has been a lot of work on the behavioural psychology of the lockdown, which from the beginning has always been advisory. I spoke to a cabinet minister who said, what we're talking about here is consent, not compulsion. And I think some of the language around the slogan is going to be softened so that people are encouraged to go outdoors, not least when we've got polls coming in suggesting that People aren't happy to use public transport without face marks. People aren't happy to send their children back to school. The government's got to be careful here. They don't want to start modifying or lifting some of the lockdown measures only for the public not to respond positively to them. And that is why they have had their campaign chief, Isaac Levido, and others working on this. They know that they've got to get the messaging just right on Sunday. Taxpayer support for millions of furloughed workers could be cut amid fears over the scheme's rising cost. The Prime Minister's spokesperson confirmed the Chancellor's working on the most effective way to wind down the scheme and didn't deny reports workers could soon see the government pay 60% of their wages rather than 80. The Chancellor himself promised there would be no sudden end to financial support. But what about those entering the workforce too late for the furlough scheme, but too early for true economic recovery? Russell Lynch is The Telegraph's economics editor. He says things aren't looking great for the class of 2020. The lockdown is meant to protect the UK's most vulnerable and elderly from COVID-19, but increasingly research suggests the young will bear the economic scars. More than 6 million people across the UK have been furloughed, but for those school and university leavers without a job and somebody to furlough them, the dole queue beckons. The Resolution Foundation has warned youth unemployment could surge past 1 million in the coming months as the COVID-19 recession punishes the corona class of 2020 with fewer jobs and lower pay. As many as 600,000 more 18 to 24-year-olds could become unemployed over the next year, on top of the 408,000 in that age group already out of work. US labour market economists David Blanchflat and David Bell carried out extensive research into the impact of wage scarring in the immediate aftermath of the financial crisis. A spell of unemployment at 30 makes little long-term difference to your wage prospects, but at 18 or 21, the damage lasts a lifetime. It raises the chances of future spells of unemployment and damages your earning potential. The longer the lockdown goes on, the more pressure there is on struggling sectors such as airlines to lay off staff rather than furlough them as their business slums, giving even less opportunity to young workers. The government's Office for Budget Responsibility says the overall jobless rate could spike at 10% this year, the highest since 1993. One proposal from Resolution is for a government-funded jobs guarantee in which younger workers are given temporary jobs in the public and private sector with wages subsidised by the taxpayer. Despite the cost, it might be less economically damaging than allowing the workforce of tomorrow to fester on the doll. 
A U-turn in the United States. On Tuesday, the New York Times reported that the White House was considering winding up its coronavirus task force, a group made up of senior health advisers led by Vice President Mike Pence. President Donald Trump justified the decision by saying it was time to start looking at easing restrictions. Well, because we can't keep our country closed for the next five years. You know, you could say there might be a recurrence and there there might be. And, you know, most doctors or some doctors say that it, it will happen and it'll be a flame and we're going to put the flame out. It was a move widely seen as a shift in focus from halting the spread of the virus to reinvigorating the economy. But on Wednesday morning, a reversal. Donald Trump tweeted that the task force would continue indefinitely, though he said some of the members would change. Ben Riley smith is The Telegraph's US editor. He says the change of heart underlines an ongoing friction within Donald Trump's administration. What I think this row shows is the tension between the politics and the science. Donald Trump knows the election is now less than six months away and his campaign team has crafted a narrative that they hope can win him a second term. It's all about the great American comeback. In this election totally changed by coronavirus, their argument is essentially, yes, the president's tenure got hit by this huge outside force, this virus that screwed the economy and that is killing tens of thousands of Americans. But thanks to his leadership, the country has turned the corner. The virus is beginning to come down. The economy is beginning to pick up. That's what they want to say in November. And so for Trump, what he's trying to do the whole time is show signs that that progress is taking place. He wants to say, yes, we're already starting to see things are getting back to normal. The country's beginning to reopen again. People are going back to their jobs. The virus is fading. My leadership has proved to work. And that's what we saw with the task force. He wanted to say... Okay, the emergency period is over. We can disband the task force. We're getting back to normal. The problem is when that was put up in lights next to the science, which is that cases continue to surge in parts of the country, that one leading model just doubled its projection for how many people will die, then it looks like he's being too hasty. And so after 12 hours of those headlines playing out on cable news, he announced the U-turn. But that tension between Trump wanting to declare the comeback is on and how the virus is reacting and spreading is going to be one of those tensions that we keep seeing playing out all the way up to November. Angela Merkel's declared that Germany is through the first stage of its outbreak. As she said, the country had achieved its goal of slowing the spread of the virus, but warned of a long road ahead. Germany's the latest European country to announce a route out of its lockdown. Restaurants, hotels and all remaining shops will reopen in the coming weeks while maintaining social distancing. And the country's football season will resume in the second half of May. People from two separate households will be allowed to meet up, while mouth and nose coverings will be required on public transport. Germany began shutting down public life in mid-March, but has seen new cases decline significantly in recent weeks. Regions will have to reimpose restrictions if they see a surge in cases. It started as a background murmur. Now it's become a chorus. Britain is close to having Europe's worst death toll. So what did it do wrong? The opening lines there of a report from CNN, just one example of the foreign press's scrutiny of Britain's handling of the coronavirus crisis. As the UK reported the highest number of deaths in Europe, criticism was voiced around the world. My colleague Patrick Sawyer has been taking a look at the world's media. What he saw was pretty scathing. One of the most damning assessments came in the Sydney Morning Herald under the headline, Biggest Failure in a Generation, Where Did Britain Go Wrong? 
In common with other international critics, the paper focused on four main failings by the UK. Lack of PPE for healthcare workers, repeated delays in implementing a lockdown, a bungled test and tracing regime, and the failure to protect vulnerable care home residents. Across the Atlantic, similar questions are being asked. CNN broadcast a three-minute package asking what went wrong with the UK's initial handling of the virus. And the New Yorker magazine characterised Britain's handling of the pandemic as a curious mixture of superiority and fatalism which has been slow and calamitous. But perhaps the most damning criticism came from the first country in Europe to face the ordeal wrought by COVID-19. La Repubblica, one of Italy's leading dailies, stated, Certainly many countries, including Italy, committed grave errors, but the confusion and contradictions displayed by the British government in the past few months have few equals, with consequences that have yet to be fully understood. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis and I'll have your next update on Thursday evening. In the meantime, head to telegraph.co.uk slash audio where listeners can get seven days access to all our online coverage completely free. While you're there, I can highly recommend taking a look at the diary entry of one of the participants in the Oxford University vaccine trial. The author lifts the lid on what it's like to be deliberately infected with COVID-19 in the name of science and why the selection process was more brutal than a job interview. I'll put the link to that in the show notes to this episode. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the podcast or a topic you think we should be covering, as always, email me. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.